Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. It's a new year, and we're starting it off right with our second week of the 2019 year in review. This is going to be the best of 2019. Let's end 2019 on a positive note, Kelsey. Yes. We're going to go through the list from 10 Two one in that order. These are the best movies we reviewed in 2019. We'll also talk about our personal top 10 lists and the movies where Kelsey and I differed the most from the critical consensus. Yes. So I put that in the top 10 because generally speaking, we vote things much higher than the critical consensus. Really? So when we differ, we tend to like the movies more. Interesting. I think that's the case. I thought that was the case, but now you're making me doubt it. (laughs) All right, let's kick things off with number 10, barely squeaking in right at the end of the year from our December 23rd episode at 88.5 between you and I, 2010's Rare Exports. Was really good. Barely squeaked in right there at the end of the year. What did it push out? Uh, well, we'll talk about some honorable mentions. There were a lot of movies that are, are really close to making this list. There are a lot of movies that are in the 80s even, just in general, that probably are deserving of an honorable mention. Go back and just listen to all of our episodes. Really. <laughs> so do you still like Rare Exports as much as the 90 that you gave it? Oh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good movie. I think people should see it. Yes, and listen to our advice when we say watch the movie first, then watch the shorts that it's based on. It was really funny. Not necessarily a horror movie, but it was really good. Yeah, I mean, ultimately it's revealed that it's not. But I mean, I guess it kind of is. It's a scary concept, but that doesn't mean it's a scary movie. Right, yeah. Uh But it's really well executed and Pretty funny, so. And well worth the subtitles if you're those weirdos that don't like watching foreign films. <laughs> well, let's hear what else we had to say about 2010's Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. It's the most magical time of the year. When traditions are honored. And the youngest among us still believe in the spirit of the season. We found something else than just plain rocks and dirt. This mountain is like a giant icebox. For storing what? Drill deeper. Bear the dynamite. You have a grave to rob. We have Santa Claus. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. And he doesn't give up. 
Should people watch Rare Exports? Yes. Absolutely. I really enjoyed this movie. Really liked it. A lot. As long as you can handle subtitles, because don't let the beginning of the film fool you. It is not all in English. No, Uh, there are are British and American (laughs) excavators working on this mountain in Russia, and they're all speaking English. (laughs) And so you're like, oh, I guess I don't have to deal with it. But no. No. (laughs) And uh, it's... It's in Finnish. It's really good. If you can get past subtitles, it's really, really good. Which we can't. We've covered subtitle movies before. Maybe a little long, longer than it needs to be. Just a little. But, like, it's really good. Yeah, I'd recommend it just for how unique it is. That's why I'm saying these shorts are much better if you don't watch them before the movie. And you they give away a lot of information that I think would make the movie a little less enjoyable knowing it ahead of time because it's fun how that is exposed to you over the course of the movie. Mm-hmm. And now once the idea has been established, now we can have fun with these short films, mm-hmm. you know, that play around with that. And it's really good. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah. You know? So what do you think the movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? 88. 89. There you go. Rare Exports is an unexpectedly delightful crossbreed of deadpan comedy and Christmas horror. Metacritic of 71. Do you think this movie is overrated or underrated? Maybe slightly underrated? What would you give it? I was going to give it a 90. I was going to give it an 87. But yeah, no, it is. It's that good, guys. It's really good. Yeah. I wish it was a little bit scarier. It's yeah, it's not very scary, but I'm telling you, when he's crouched there and he's he's obviously I mean, he's not like shivering or whatever, but he's like protecting himself. He's he's scared, even though he's not visibly demonstrating that. He's just kind of crouched into a ball. And then when Piatari walks in and he just looks up at him, like it's kind of terrifying. <laughs> that guy has an incredible look. <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I'm really glad we saw it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you if you still haven't seen it, even though our recommendation at the beginning was to watch it, even though our recommendation in the middle was to watch it, <laughs> even though you know everything that happens, I'd still recommend you watch this movie. It's it's good. Just the just the relationships alone. Yeah. It's the characters really, are great. Yeah, the characters are great. so well developed. Piatari is an awesome character. Yeah. The kid it does a really good job. And I know that usually I say it's difficult to understand if, if people are good actors or not when we're watching it through uh, a different language. Uh, this kid, he didn't need to be talking. I, when he was just being himself, like just looking at his face, I thought he did an excellent job. Coming in at number nine from our August 12th episode, We're in the 90s now, Kelsey. This is 91.5 between you and I. Okay. 2004's Shaun of the Dead. It's a great movie. I'd say I'm surprised to see it this low on the list, but wait until you see what else is on this list. We saw some fantastic movies this year. We also saw some really shitty movies. We did. (laughs) This is last week's episode on the bottom 10. But yes, this year, we also saw a lot of really good ones. Mm-hmm. But Shaun of the Dead is just always good. And it always will be. It's one of my favorite movies. Yes. It's... I can't think of anything bad about it. It's hilarious. Yeah. We get into a little argument over what the best of the Cornetto trilogy is. Because you like this one and kind of 
don't care about the others. <laughs> I yeah. I well, I've never seen World's End. World's End. That's nuts. Yeah, it's about an alien invasion. I heard it wasn't good. So uh, no, it is good. It's just I think the problem with the trilogy, and I I may talk about it in Eclipse, is that people expected just more Shaun of the Dead and those <laughs> characters and those relationships. And World's End is where it differs the most from the those characters and those relationships. Hot Fuzz is a little bit, but it it's too different. People weren't expecting that. And then when World's End went really different, people, I don't think we're having any of that. We're going to watch that. We do. It's very good. Well, let's hear what else we had to say about 2004's Shaun of the Dead. Do you ever think that modern life is not for you? Do you do the same dead-end job every day? Is your love life dying on its feet? To a wonderful mom. Oh. oh. Have you ever felt that you're turning into the world. a zombie? Oh, he's got it so, what's the plan? Bash him in the head, that seems to work out. Why have we got a girl, Lizzie? Because I love her. All right, gay. I'm coming! Here they come! It is so good. If you have not seen this, go and watch it now. Yeah, I was going to talk about where you can get it and how much it would cost and then ask you if it's worth seeing. Should people watch it? The answer is just yes. Regardless of price, this is one of those movies where... Everyone listening should have seen this. And if it's just on your pile of shame, take this as an opportunity to watch it because you don't want us spoiling shit for you. What do you think this movie got on Rotten Tomatoes? 89? 92. Okay. 1% higher than The Return of the Living Dead. Can you fucking believe it? Shaun of the Dead cleverly balances scares and witty satire, making a bloody good zombie movie with loads of wit. And heart, too, I gotta say. Yes. Uh, a Metacritic of 76, no cinema score. Do you think that's overrated or underrated? Maybe just slightly overrated. Okay. I would give it a 90. I would give it a 93, I think. Uh, yes. I fucking love this movie. So do I. As we discussed, it isn't my favorite Edgar Wright film. Uh, it's just fantastic, though. It's so funny. I've seen it too many times now. Yeah. I already know all the jokes. I don't laugh out loud anywhere near as much as I used to. Mm -hmm. But it, that makes it no less funny. I just yeah. I just already know what's going to happen. It's, it's so good. It's so clever. As you said, jam-packed with references and... It, foreshadowing and gags. And it cares and so much. It really, really does. Everyone involved really cares about what they're doing, and they put effort into every fucking inch of film. And I appreciate that. And it's really, really good. And like I said, it has lots of heart. I tear up every single time I watch this movie. It <laughs> Seriously, what the fuck? Uh, I think it was Mikey Newman who said... Simon Pegg is a better actor than people give him roles for. He gets all these roles like in Star Trek and stuff like that. And he's a much better actor than what he gets cast in. When he says it's on random, so good. When he's 
torn up about the fact that he's going to have to kill his mom when he finally bonds with Philip right before Philip dies and he needs to break that news to his mom. Like, he's very good. And you might see Nick Frost's character as like, oh, this is just Nick Frost. He's not acting. But watch Spaced, watch Hot Fuzz, watch World's End. None of those characters are the same. They're all completely different. So I fucking, I love him too. He's so, so good. Just a stellar movie. Absolutely a 90 point movie or higher. So yes, really, really love it. Coming in at number eight from our September 2nd episode. We watched this for my birthday because I love this movie so much. 92 and a half points amongst us. 1980s. The Shining came in at number eight. It's that an tells you movie. what else is on this list. Who boy. It's very, very good. It is, yeah. Not exactly a good representation of the novel. But we talk about that. But very good. We do. It's we, a good movie. Yes. Uh-huh. Very much so. And a movie that I could watch whenever. Just whenever. Just put it on. I'll watch it. Oh, yeah. I've seen it so many times. It's one of those <laughs> movies that I... Every year, like when we do pumpkin carving, it's between The Shining and Mickey's Halloween treat. Yeah, Disney's Halloween treat, the old TV special from World of Color. It just never gets old. Yeah. Well, let's see what else we have to say about 1980s The Shining. The Shining, a masterpiece of modern horror, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Starring Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall. Rated R. Opens Friday, June 13. Check newspapers for local listings. I mean, I'm going to ask you, should people watch this movie? Yes. Absolutely. This movie is like a goddamn horror masterpiece. And you have to at least watch it, I think, is the point. Yeah. Even if you're a diehard Stephen King fan and you don't want to, like, do him dirty by watching the Kubrick version, just Watch it. It is a good movie in its own right, regardless of whether or not it's a good adaptation. I am glad I saw it before I read the book. Yeah, that's the same way for me, too. I I saw this movie before I I read the book or saw the miniseries. I saw the miniseries when it originally aired in 97. I think we did, too. So I was like 14 or something like that. I was 10. I, I I didn't read the book until my 20s. Me, too. So late 20s, I think. <laughs> we kind of watched them and read them in, in a little bit in reverse. And I think it's better that way. Yeah. Like you say. Because, because you if, get you, to if you watch it without the baggage, basically. Yeah, you get to experience the Kubrick film as just a film. Right. Instead of comparing it to the book, which you should not do. Right, correct. If you loved the book so much, why would you do so much to change it? It's not just taking things out because it doesn't work for camera or you got you've got to cut a lot out. It, it, he was just straight up changing certain things. Well, I mean things. if you got to if you got to cut a lot of stuff already 
and those things won't be as well supported and thereby not as effective as they are in the book. Why not make something that's more effective for film? And you cannot tell me that this version of The Shining is not more effective for film than what is in the book. The book is great for the book. I love the book. I've read the book. It is not built for a two and a half hour movie. I understand. I'm just saying that, like, I just will never understand his decision for Wendy Torrance. Mm -hmm. It seems so, so completely opposite of the character mm -hmm. you get in the book. Well, he treats Jack differently, and so he needed a different Wendy. A little bit. Yeah, he does make him crazy from the get-go. And yes, that's frustrating. But like I said, at the point where he's supposed to be crazy, he's perfect. Mm -hmm. It just feels like Kubrick was a misogynist asshole and, and didn't he probably want was. and didn't want a strong female character. There is a fantastic photograph of Stanley Kubrick, black and white, standing in front of the remains of the Elstree Studios version of the hotel, which did in fact burn down in an accidental fire. And it's him standing in front of the burned rubble and he's laughing because it's so funny to him. The irony being that his version of the hotel actually burned down in real life when it wasn't going to burn down in his movie. And it did in the source material. I just I think that's kind of funny. It's a really kind of adorable, charming picture of him laughing. So, Kelsey, what do you think The Shining has on Rotten Tomatoes? 89. 85. Though it deviates from Stephen King's novel, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining is a chilling, often Baroque journey into madness, exemplified by an unforgettable turn from Jack Nicholson, Metacritic of 66, cinema score not applicable. Do you think it's overrated or underrated? Maybe just slightly underrated. What would you give it? I will give it a 90. I will make the jump to 95. I think it is an excellently made film. Yeah. I think it it has lasting power. This movie has had a big impact on film. Yeah, this might be the longest we've talked about any movie, any single movie we've had, even movies that we love more than this. We've seen this movie a billion times. I could watch it again right now. I mean, I, I'm so used to it, like, I could have it on all the time. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, I just, it, you know, I have my scenes that I love, and then I have the scenes that I just kind of, eh, whatever. I think it's, it's two biggest detriments are the fact that it deviates so much. I think it wouldn't be as good if, if it didn't, but go ahead. And all the unwarranted praise this movie gets. I can see That's what you're why saying I'm in general I'm about I'm surprised Kubrick, it had such a low score. I'm surprised it had an 86. Well, there's more things that, that we can talk about when it comes to praise. When it first came out, people didn't really like it that much. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it didn't adapt the book like people were expecting it to. Over time, it got more praise. People started to kind of separate it mentally from the book, which I think you should be able to do from fucking word one. Do not get me wrong. I totally understand where you're coming from with the unearned praise. People go oh, above and beyond a lot of time for a lot of things. I don't disagree with you, and I don't think this movie is perfect. I had the hedge maze thing, I think, was a fuck up where you can't see it in the aerial shots of the Overlook. <laughs> I think that's just a fuck up because somebody else filmed those. Mm -hmm. The the I mean, same thing with the helicopter shadow. Somebody else filmed those. All helicopter related. 
But I don't think that you can have a rubber band effect and say that everything is an accident and nothing is intentional just because some things are accidental. I do think that this is Kubrick's best movie. And I think there are a lot of movies by him that I don't particularly care for. So it's not that I'm obsessed with Kubrick and I think he's some auteur god. I just think that this one in particular is really good. But I do see where you're coming from and I do know where that instinct is. And it's not invalid. I totally get it. Do you see where I'm coming from? I do. I think it's interesting that you think this is his best movie. It'd be really hard for me to choose between this, Lolita. 2001 A Space Odyssey, and Dr. Strangelove. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate Lolita. <laughs> I, I do. I love his eye. Yeah. I will give him that. He has an amazing eye for things that I would never think to do. Yeah. And I think he he's interesting as a filmmaker, but I do not think he's all that. I, I, I don't think he's this incredible thing that everyone thinks. He- we could talk about so much more stuff about this movie. We could. Forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. And I did tons of research and stuff. Oh, baby. And it's not all getting in here like. Did you know Roadrunner had his own theme song? Because I didn't. Like, shit like nope. that. We didn't talk about, right? There's tons, tons, and tons, and tons of stuff. Oh, God. It's so, what, four hours? Our raw recording. Oh, God. Our raw recording, including just our chat in the beginning and a bunch of times where we stopped, is three hours and 24 minutes at this point. That's longer than most entire episodes that we do, let alone one movie. All right, before we get into number seven and the rest of the list, Kelsey, let's talk about where you and I differed from the critical consensus this year. Okay. We start off with a three-way tie for eighth place. That is Pet Cemetery 2, When a Stranger Calls, the original, and Return of the Living Dead. Oh, no. <laughs> People really didn't like that we scored Return of the Living Dead as low as we did. Okay, so explain. You're saying that we the the difference here is not between the two of us, but between us and the critical consensus, the Rotten Tomatoes score. And so, which, Return of which, the Living yes, Dead. Which yes, I know it's not uh, an actual average rating. That would be the Metacritic. I don't care. Okay, deal with it. <laughs> so you're saying that Return of the Living Dead is a much higher rated film than what yes, we gave it. All yes. three of these. There's a 36-point gap between our average and the Rotten Tomatoes score. It was Return of Living Dead and what? When a Stranger Calls, the original, and Pet Cemetery 2. So, Return of Living Dead has a 91 Rotten Tomatoes. We gave it a 55. <laughs> that is why everybody hates I gave us. It 60. Yes, we got a lot is. of hate for that we, this we year. We really, really did. <laughs> but come on, guys. We'll like movies you won't like. You'll like movies we don't like. Honestly, I feel like this movie is overhyped. There are plenty of movies out there that do the same exact fucking thing and do it better. <laughs> it's just, it's, I guess, drilled into the zeitgeist that this is the one that everyone likes. And I don't understand why. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. And I think that's what we talked about in that episode is just, it's fine. If you want to hear what we really have to say, that's our August 12th episode. Then there's When a Stranger Calls, which we, we- gave a 74. Yeah. But the Rotten Tomatoes was 38. That is a crime. It is a crime. It's a great movie. It's not as good as the other 
phone call coming from inside the house movie Black Christmas, but that's okay. <laughs> it's a crime that this movie is rated so low. Yes. And the other tied for eight was Pet Cemetery 2. We gave it a 60. The Rotten Tomatoes is a 24. Okay. I can see why people would have given it that score. Well, it's that. But I really enjoyed it. It's that 76% of people came out with a negative view on the movie is really what that means. And the bulk of this movie was way more fun than I thought it would be. Yeah. With Gus, the zombie cop. Oh, jeez. I just loved how it just did very strange things. Yes. Which might seem weird because I was talking about how a lot of the movies on our bottom 10, I'm like, that's too weird. Yeah. But it's weird in a different way. Uh, Pet Cemetery 2 does very strange things, but it all works within the story. Yeah. As long as you're telling me a story, do as much weird shit as you want. But other movies that do weird, random shit, like House 2, it's like, this isn't contributing to the overall story yes, at uh, all. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. But on average, we gave Pet Cemetery 2 five points more than Return of the Living Dead. So, interesting how that turns out. There was something about Return of the Living Dead that I really didn't like, and I can't remember what it is now. There's a lot of, like, straight-up tragedy in that movie. That yes! I remember there being a lot of things that I was like, am I supposed to be laughing right now? Yeah, uh-huh. Because it, it was like, it wanted me to laugh at some very terrible things from what I remember, mm. but I can't remember what they were. Yeah, the whole movie ends with a nuclear bomb. <laughs> But then ultimately that only spreads the virus further. I yeah, think. I do remember that ending. Yeah. Anyway, number seven, Jennifer's body. We gave it a much higher score. Oh, yeah. We gave it an 82. We each gave it an 82. The Rotten Tomatoes score was 44 for a 38-point difference. Because people it's didn't understand it. They it's didn't get what it was actually trying to do because it did it so subtly and beautifully. Yeah. This one showed up on our host differential list because there were 15, po 15 points between us but still our average came out to 62 and a half which is ghost keeper where the rotten tomato score was 23 i get why you like it you give it a 55 i know it's fine yeah uh, but like i get why you like it so much there's a lot of charm but i, I can feel. also see why people would come out hating it it's yeah. pretty dull it's pretty boring i get it, you it's long and slow and like i think some of the things it did were really cool and then it just ran out of money and yes, then it was it just did. like oh it Jesus. very much <laughs> yeah the climax kind of goes ridiculous places because they just didn't have any money anymore <laughs> i remember that yeah next up at number five 45 and a half points difference between us and the rotten tomatoes score club dread we gave a 74 and a half. The Rotten Tomatoes is 29. Movies. I do not understand these people. This movie's hilarious. I don't get people that came out of here and said it was a bad movie. It doesn't make any sense. I think this is another thing just like Shaun of the Dead where they made Super Troopers and everyone was expecting their next movie to just be Super Troopers again and it wasn't. And there were different relationships and people just couldn't fucking handle that. And it, I thought it did a fantastic job of making horror tropes funny. Yes. I thought it did a great job, which is funny because I hate super troopers. Yes, I know. I know. 
Next up at number four is Children of the Corn from 84. We gave it an 82 and a half. And the Rotten Tomato score is 36. Nonsense. Yeah. I mean, I gave it an 80. You gave it an 85. It's great. It's a good movie. But I can see why people didn't like it. No. Malachi. Movie is awesome. (laughs) Then it's Stepfather the Remake, which was... Better than we expected it to be. Better than we but thought. But not good. Not good. <laughs> no. But we still, there's a 51 point difference between us and the Rotten Tomatoes score. Holy shit. What did we give it? 62. You gave it 60. I gave it 64. The Rotten Tomatoes score is 11. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. That is like, it was not good, but like Jesus. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Then number two, Jack Frost from 97. We gave it a 60. <laughs> Again, better than we expected. So much better so than So much better than we be. expected. But it is still a 60, people. Come on. <laughs> Seven points on Rotten Tomatoes. And then finally, the biggest difference is 86's Slaughter High, which is also on the host difference list from last week. 15 points between Kelsey and I. An average of 67.5. Rotten Tomato score of zero, which is, that's a crime. That's terrible. Yes. That's really terrible. It's ridiculous. That movie did some interesting things. Uh-huh. That's that's really unfair. Especially since it's a movie that no one's ever heard of. Like, giving it a zero is just making it so no one's ever going to see it. Yeah, I know. Which is a bummer. It has a cool mask. I mean, yeah, it's got some silly, stupid things in it, but... Does not deserve a zero. All right, back to the list. Number 10 was Rare Exports. Number 9, Shaun of the Dead. Number 8, The Shining. Number 7, you and I gave it the same exact score of 94 in our November 4th episode, 1984's The Terminator. Terminator's great. Terminator's a fucking fantastic Terminator's great. I can't wait to do T2. There are tons of inconsistencies and other goofs in that in this movie but don't care it's virtually an independent film that revolutionized the industry Mm -hmm. like so incredibly good and it could have been awful and the fact that they made something incredible out of it was just insane (laughs) so you know good for james cameron i can't wait to do t2 yeah i know (laughs) let's hear what else we had to say about 1984's the terminator They come from another time. A machine wrapped in flesh. A soldier from a distant war. Both after a woman who holds the key to the future. One wants to kill her. The other must protect her. I'm here to help you. You've been targeted for termination. The Terminator. Your future is in his hands. The Terminator. Rated R. The number one movie in the USA is now playing everywhere. Should people watch The Terminator? Yes. Of, I mean, come on. Duh. <laughs> if you have not seen The Terminator, what? stop what you're doing and watch it now. I saw T2 before I ever saw The Terminator. I mean, I was really young, obviously. I was super pissed because my parents, I think I told this story on the show before, my parents rented it when I was on a Boy Scout trip and they saw it without me and I was super pissed. And then I finally saw it and then I went back and watched this one. I cannot remember a time in my life when I didn't know about the Terminator. I know that I watched the second one billions of times as a kid because I had a huge crush on him for long. 
but like I think I just kind of always had I I had seen Terminator at some point, so like I knew about it. But it was T two that I watched way more often. Yeah. But of course I've seen Terminator. <laughs> yeah, God, Terminator's so good. Yes. So good. Watch it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what do you think the Terminator has on Rotten Tomatoes? 97? 100%. There you go. With its impressive action sequences, taut economic direction, and relentlessly fast pace, it's clear why the Terminator continues to be an influence on sci-fi and action flicks. I totally get that 100% of the critics who saw this liked it. Mm-hmm. Metacritic average of 84. Because, uh, again, like I say, it's not perfect. There are tons of mistakes littered throughout the whole entire thing. Stupid little piddly ones, continuity errors, things that don't make sense. That kind of stuff littered throughout it. But it does not tear away from the fact that this movie is just fucking incredible. Do you think this is overrated or underrated? I'm not going to give it 100. What are you going to give it? I'm going to give it a 94. That is exactly what I was going to give it. A 94. I think this movie is absolutely incredible. It is. It's an incredible film. It's so fucking good. It just has problems. You yeah. know, I, I don't think it's. There are bits it, that are silly. They're, yeah, there's parts that are silly. The, I always say if it's a movie about time travel, that cannot be held against it because yeah. time travel is impossible. But there, yeah, there's some issues. There's some at least time travel as we know it. Yeah, uh-huh. there's some. You know, it's the '80s, and while I'm able to say for the '80s, it's very impressive. I'm also aware that it's not perfect. You know, it's not great. So, mm-hmm. 94. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. Coming in at number six, Kelsey. Number six. Number six. Yeah. February 18th, I gave this movie a 93, you gave it a 99. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. It didn't even crack the top five. That's that's bullshit. (laughs) My two favorite movies, my two favorite horror movies, and one didn't even reach the top five. Unbelievable. I'm trying to remember where Rosemary's Baby was last year. It was pretty high on the list. It's pretty high. Yeah. You didn't give it a high enough score, obviously. No, I mean, it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's another one of those movies that I could watch whenever. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, I almost gave it the highest score as The Shining. And I love The Shining. So I really liked it. 93 is an incredible score. <laughs> Not when you're passing out hundreds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am. And boy, let me tell you, the rest of this list is just 100s from me. Oh, my God. I gave out five 100s this year. Wow. You didn't give out a single one because you hold all these movies to this Rosemary's Baby standard. And if it's not as good as your favorite horror movie or your second favorite horror movie, then... It doesn't deserve a hundred, and I just I can't get on that train with you. I think we need to give out the best score we possibly can to movies that we think deserve it. It doesn't have to be the best movie ever. Anyway, let's hear what else we had to say about 1982's Poltergeist. In Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Steven Spielberg went beyond our world. Within the safety and comfort of an average home, Good night. he crosses a frightening 
Should people watch 1982's Poltergeist? Yes. Yes. I mean, come on. Yes. It is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. You should see it. Absolutely. It's lots of fun. (laughs) It's just definitive, right? Like, so, yeah, watch it. Watch it. If you haven't watched it already, watch it now. (laughs) Mr. Teague, his boss, is just like, what the fuck is happening? And he grabs him. Stephen (laughs) grabs him. And he's like, basically, you son of a bitch. You only moved the headstones. You didn't move the bodies. You son of a bitch. You have you to put only this... move the headstones. I love. Oh, the this... clip is going in. Yeah. I love this fucking line. You left the bodies, didn't you? You only moved the headstones. <laughs> you only moved the headstones. Why? Why? <laughs> you son of a bitch, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? It's so great. I mean, like, it sounds ridiculous, but like, if you imagine this was really happening, I would probably Uh react the same way. Yeah. (laughs) And the boss just looks like, ah! What do you think the movie got on Rotten Tomatoes? 93. 86. Boo! Smartly filmed, tightly scripted, and most importantly, consistently frightening. Poltergeist is a modern horror classic. It is. Metacritic of 79. Boo. Overrated or underrated? Underrated. What would you give it? Giving it a 99. 99. You know, going into this conversation, I was going to give it an 89. I think it deserves better. I'm going to give it a 93. I really, really like it. It is it is our highest rated movie of the year so far. We've done 13 movies so far. This would be our 13th movie. We'll do 14 at the end of this one. It's the highest rated of the year so far. It's doing pretty good. I would give it 100. It's just it's got those little things little that things. really, really bother me. And it's because it's so close to being perfect in my eyes. Yeah. That it just, it just drives me crazy that they left those little inconsistencies in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we're, we're in the top five now. Uh, this one and another one on this list may be controversial, as people might not consider them horror movies. This one we watched in our October 7th episode, and we gave it an average of 97. You gave it a 94, I gave it a 100. 1982's The Secret of Nim. It's a fantastic movie, and I get why you wouldn't call it a horror movie, but there's a lot of scary elements. Yes, no, this was a week where we it was a recommendation week, and we did we covered two movies that were animated and have horrifying elements, but could be watched by the whole family. Yes. And that was kind of the theme of that week, and it allowed us to sneak in two of the best movies we're ever gonna watch on the show. <laughs> uh Secret of Nim being my favorite animated film of all time. And we talk about why that is in the clips, I think. Let's hear what we have to say about 1982's The Secret of Nim. Aurora and Don Bluth Productions present a classic adventure in motion picture entertainment. I must tell you about Nim. Look there. 
It's a fantasy with wizards and villains. And heroes. I ain't scared of nothing. I'm not even afraid of the great owl. Will you hush up? Come on. It's an odyssey to another world. It's a classic story of courage. Why have you come? And a world of danger. Courage is rewarded. Oh, thank you. A motion picture for everyone to share. Oh, the poor turkey fell down. I'm, I'm not a turkey. Big no, Discover the secret of Nim and rediscover the child in us all. Should people see this movie? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. If you have never seen The Secret of Nim, what the fuck are you doing? One of the best animated films I've ever seen. Yes. So this was around the time, like we say, of a decline in quality in Disney animation. Probably the best non-Disney animated movie I've ever seen. I, I can accept that. I would go further than that because I, I think it's literally the best animated film I've ever seen. This is a landmark of animation made by a small crew with practically zero resources. And you would be doing yourself a disservice if you did not see it. I don't care if you don't like animated films. It's incredible. So go out and watch this movie any way you can. What do you think this movie has? On Rotten Tomatoes. 88? 96%. The Secret of Nim is a dark, well-told tale that respects its young audience enough to not tone down its subject matter. Yeah. Metacritic of 76. I think an important part of this movie is its darkness. Mm-hmm. It's why we're covering the movie this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, to quote Bluth, he believes that, quote, if you don't show the darkness... You can't appreciate the light. Yeah. You don't show the darkness. You don't appreciate the light. If it weren't for December, no one would appreciate May. Uh, it, it's just important that you see both sides of that. Uh, and as far as a happy ending, I believe the happy ending is important if you really want to have mothers have their children go see it and if they themselves will go. But there, there's more to it than that. I think more importantly is that when you walk out of the theater, there's something that you have that you get to take home. What did it teach me? What do, am I a better person for having watched it? And, and I think Walt was very, very much in that, in that groove. That said, do you think 96% is overrated or underrated? Oh. It's more than I'm going to give it. What are you going to give it? I'm just going to give it a 94. Uh, you know, that's okay because it'll average out because I'm giving it 100. Why a 94? Uh, there's some issues. Like I said, uh, where the fuck did the magic come from? But again, as a kid, I didn't distinguish that from their superior advanced technology. I didn't give a shit when I was a kid. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm looking at it as an adult. I hate that they made the mistakes with Jeremy. I hate that his size changes. 
that bothers me mm-hmm. every time. I'm just like, fucking really? Yeah, but again, look at all they accomplished. 20 some odd dudes. I know. In Blue's garage. It's getting a 94. <laughs> I'm aware. I'm just saying it yeah. is not a perfect movie. It's not. No, absolutely not. But the way I rate my hundreds, it has nothing to do with perfection. It has everything to do with it's the highest possible rating I could give something. You don't need to be perfect to get it. There might be other movies that are hundreds. There definitely are. But I mean, I, I've I only given a hundred to one movie. Yeah. Rosemary's Baby is pretty much perfect. I don't really think there's mm. a way of making it better. Mm. How dare you? I love Rosemary's Baby. I'm just saying it has some other. I sorts didn't even of give it to Poltergeist. Yeah. Because Poltergeist has mistakes too. Yeah. See, I'm not too hung up on those mistakes as long as they don't compromise the end product. Just, I don't think just they do. It just me because I'm like, you're so close. Yeah. This movie is so close to being perfect. Yeah. And so that's why it's such a big glaring mistake to me when I'm like, dude, how did that bird go from being huge to being tiny? How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> All right, before we go any further, Kelsey, let's talk about my top 10. And I will avoid the two movies that are tied for first place again, just like in our bottom 10 list. Number 10, The Ring, which didn't crack the top 10 ultimately. I it's so it's good. It's good. I don't know that it belongs on top ten. Yeah, you gave it an eighty three, and I gave it a ninety two. <laughs> Number nine, Poltergeist. So not okay. Num- but listen to the movies I think that are better. Number eight, Shaun of the Dead. Number seven, Terminator. Number six, The Shining. Number five, I can't say. Number four, Jaws. Number three, I can't say. Number two, Alien. And number one, Secret of Nim. Keeping in mind that the top five, including two that I can't say, I all gave 100s. <laughs> the lowest score I gave in my top 10 was to the ring at 92. I also gave 90s to the Evil Dead 2, the Witch, and the Omen, which didn't make the top 10. You gave a lot of good scores this year. I did. I saw some fantastic movies this year. I don't know if we gave out a single zero. Actually, now that I think about it. Really? I mean, it has to be real bad. We've given zeros to X-Ray and Lifeblood. And I think that's it. And that is certainly the fucking bar. (laughs) Yeah, those are the only movies that we gave zeros to were X-Ray and Lifeblood. And that's the bar. Yeah, I think you're right. You've just got to be better than those two movies. (laughs) All right, back to the top ten with two movies tied for third place at 97 and a half points, just a half point higher than Secret of Nim and a half point lower than the two movies that are tied for first place. First up is a movie we watched July 1st for our 4th of July episode, Jaws. Yeah, 1975's Jaws, which I gave 100 and you gave a 95. Jaws being one of my all-time favorite movies along with our next one that we'll talk about in a little bit. Jaws is just great. They overcame a lot of hardships in order to make this movie. And yes, a lot of the movie was discovered in editing, and that's totally okay. It's a remarkable film, and it has me fascinated every time I watch it. And I've watched it many, many times. It's another one that you can just watch over and over and over again. It doesn't ever get old. Yep. Let's hear what else we had to say about 1975's 
Jaws. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws. Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus. You're going to need a bigger boat. From the best-selling novel, Jaws, rated PG, maybe too intense for younger children. Don't get this wrong. Okay. Should people watch Jaws? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's a foregone conclusion, people. Yes. What's wrong with you? It's the first summer blockbuster. It's where the term comes from, is from Jaws. Some almost 70 million people saw this when it first came out. It's huge. It's awesome. It's incredibly directed. The soundtrack is, you know, it's the soundtrack. <laughs> Da-da. Da-da. By the impeccable John Williams, who... If you just want an amazing score, you pick John Williams. And interestingly, in this score, so they say, Steven Spielberg thought it was a joke when he played the theme for the first time. And he thought maybe it was just like placeholder music or something like that. But nope, this is what he was proposing. And it ended up being fucking legendary. So, yes, you should see Jaws. Are you kidding me? If you haven't already, stop this episode right now and go watch it. God. It's very good. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's just so good. It's not perfect. No. Even with the John Williams score, there's some times where they make it like an adventure track, like it's Indiana Jones or something like that, when there's a killer shark that's going to destroy them. And it's just like, dun, 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 dun. it's so weird. <laughs> it's not perfect, but it is incredible. So I'd highly recommend you go out and watch it. What do you think it got on Rotten Tomatoes, Kelsey? I- I'm going to guess it has 100%. It has a 97. Okay. Compelling, well-crafted storytelling and a judicious sense of terror ensure Steven Spielberg's Jaws has remained a benchmark in the art of delivering modern blockbuster thrills. A Metacritic of 87, no cinema score. Overrated or underrated? Almost exactly what I'm going to give it. Almost. Okay, if you were to even, if the word overrated was to come out of your mouth, I would have gone, fuck you. Well, my number is under that. I understand that, but <laughs> you refrained from saying overrated. <laughs> what, are you going to give it 95, 96? I was going to give it 95. 95. Look, anyone who enjoys film, anyone who likes horror... If you don't like this movie, I don't know what to do with you. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't even know what to say to you. It's so excellently put together, well-crafted, well-acted, well-executed. The music is fantastic. The shots are amazing. Cinematography is great. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, just, there's just nothing really to complain about it, except for little intricate things. Yeah. Like the fact that they clearly didn't really understand 
<laughs> what a white great white shark is like. Yeah. The bubbling of the blood, the shark itself. The awkward musical cues that sometimes happen, John Williams. Uh, all those tiny things is why yeah. it's not getting 100%. Just uh, those teeny tiny things. It's it's such a good movie. But I can't I can't let the shark go. I think I think the movie as a whole is a testament to working with what you have. Because of that, when I see that shark, I don't see that's a shitty shark. I see, man, just a just a bunch of people who had no idea what they were doing managed to make that. And they managed to make that into this, the movie. <laughs> Whenever I see anything that's just not quite right and it's a little rickety and it's a little eh, <laughs> I think, man, they made an incredible movie out of this shit. This movie is is a hundred for me. It, absolutely, it's a hundred. I could not give it any less. I I've said even, before, one hundred is not perfect. I didn't even give Poltergeist a hundred. Yeah, I've given other movies a hundred. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect. It is the highest rating I can give a movie, though. Off the top of my head, I can think of one other movie that we haven't watched that I will absolutely give a hundred to. I know what it is. Do you? Do I you think do. the audience can guess? Probably. That's Jaws, folks. I don't think I could gush any more about this movie. I could. I've got tons of other things I want to talk about, but it's okay. Yeah, this isn't comprehensive. I mean, it it would literally just be me going beat by beat through the movie saying, I love this, I love that, I love this, I love that. I tried to get through the movie as fast as I could, and here we are, almost an hour and a half into our recording. <laughs> it's not the longest we've ever spent on a movie, though. No. Uh, a lot of this movie, I mean, it's a 1970s horror film. A lot of this movie is quiet. And what's the keyword? What's my buzzword? Patient. But I don't think this movie is as patient as the movies that you normally talk about. Because mm-hmm. those moments in this film actually keep my attention. Because they're they're built on tension. Yeah. As opposed to a lot of other times where it's like, I'm supposed to be tense right now. Yeah. Well, I know something is going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And part of that tension, again, built up in the editing by not being able to see the shark. Our next the movie. Music. Our next movie is going to do something with that, which we'll talk about. But yeah, that's uh, that's 1975's Jaws. The other movie tied for third place at 97 and a half points is another movie that's in like my top 10 movies of all time. We watched... On December 2nd, our December 2nd episode, 1979's Alien. So, so good. It is an excellent film. Yeah. Way different from Aliens. It's sequel. They're just two different kind of horror movies. One's more action-based and one's more patient. That's one thing I didn't mention at the beginning of this episode. You'll hear me, you have heard me say a lot of times... I think at least four times so far in this episode, you'll hear me appreciating just how patient some of these movies are and how they build tension fantastically that way. And I think this is one of those movies. But that's hard for some people to get into. Yes. Sometimes I can get into it. It depends on how well it's done. Alien does it very, very well. And you Uh, don't get bored. Whereas Ghost Keeper... Uh, very easy to get bored. Yeah. Even though I know they're building tension and I appreciate the way that they're doing it, 
but it it can be boring. Same kind of thing with The Witch. And The Witch bothered me more because it was a little more obvious with how it was trying to build up tension, like with the music and shit. I just can't get it out of my head when they first get to the woods and they just have this shot of the woods and this loud music and it's just like, okay, movie. <laughs> I know what you're trying to do here. Let's calm it down a little bit. There was a tweet that I can't remember who posted it and I can't remember when I saw it. And I'm really bummed because I wish I could give credit, but it was a tweet talking about how the first time they ever saw Alien, they were impressed by how bold the movie was by its just utter silence for the entire first act until they realized that they had their TV on mute. That's how good this movie is at keeping your attention without bombast okay that can't be true because they would have seen that like people were talking people don't talk for a long time until yeah no this is what it was until the breakfast scene where they're all sitting around the table and obviously having a conversation she's like okay why can't i hear anything (laughs) and then it turned out it was on mute but like before that it's just a bunch of people walking around and you know so That's how good this movie is. It's really, really effective at what it does. Let's hear what else we had to say about 1979's Alien. In space, no one can hear you scream. Alien, rated R from 20th Century Fox. Should people watch Alien? Yes. <laughs> I mean, come on. Duh. Yeah, duh. As you know, movies in other countries often get different titles because they, they don't translate properly or what have you. In Hungarian, the name of this movie translates back into English as The Eighth Passenger is the Death, which is kind of cool. You know, the eighth passenger is death, but they say the death like it's a it's a specific aspect. It's a being that is death. So they have come to call the alien instead of the alien or the xenomorph. They call it the death. Ah. So every other alien movie has death in the title now in Hungarian. So there's (laughs) aliens, which is the name of the planet death. Uh, Alien three, the final solution death. An alien resurrection is the resurrection of death. It's <laughs> really interesting, actually. Yeah, even to the point where Alien versus Predator is called the death against the predator, <laughs> which which I think is really cool. In Prometheus, they actually use the term death twice in sort of a poetic way. And I like the fact that when you think about it, death is the xenomorph. Mm-hmm. Well, Kelsey, I've tried to restrain myself. You did a good job. Uh, We didn't go on for two hours like we have in the past. This will probably end up being actually only about a little over an hour, I would assume, in the final edit by the time we're at this point. Okay. With that said, Kelsey, what do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? 98. Has a 97. There you go. A modern classic, Alien blends science fiction, horror, and bleak poetry into a seamless whole. A Metacritic, so average rating, of 89 with no cinema score. Pauline Kale, who's a famous reviewer, said of the movie at the time, It reached out 
grabbed you and squeezed your stomach. It was more gripping than entertaining, but a lot of people didn't mind. Mm. They thought it was terrific because at least they'd felt something. They'd been brutalized. Wow. Ebert reviewed it in 2003. He does that often, or he at least did that often. He would go back and he'd review movies he didn't review in the past. Okay. And he gave it four out of four stars. And he said a recent version of this story would have hurtled toward the part where the alien jumps on the crew members. Today's slasher movies in the sci-fi genre and elsewhere are all payoff and no buildup. Consider the wretched remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is interesting because the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a slasher influence on this one. <laughs> Consider the wretched remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which cheats its audience out of an explanation, an introduction of the Chainsaw family, and even a proper ending. It isn't the slashing that we enjoy. It's the waiting for the slashing. <laughs> so kind of an admonition of jump scares in that. Do you think this movie is overrated or underrated? Just slightly overrated. How slightly, pray? I'm going to give it a 95. 95. All right. I'll accept that. 95 is pretty good. I think you know what I'm going to give it. Yeah. Hell yeah, I'm giving it 100. I think this movie is excellent. I think it's brilliantly shot. The acting is stunning. Yeah, everything is very naturalistic about the acting. It feels like these are real conversations that are happening. These are real people that, you know, maybe have differences or things they like about each other. It feels like real people. Yes. It's an excellent movie. I just need it to be a little more exciting. <laughs> yes. Well, like I say, this is very patient. Like Ebert says, it's about the buildup. Which is fine. But when you've seen it before. Yeah. I can understand. And then when you see Aliens, which you don't really get that. There's a lot of action in Aliens. Yes. So this doesn't really have that. It's something completely different. In the same way that I think like we said when we talked about Terminator, the difference between Terminator 1 and T2. You know, they're very similar in that respect. Where T1 was more about the buildup than it was about the actual action. And I like that because Cameron with Terminator – Ironically, because he did Aliens uh, and Scott with this movie and even Spielberg with Jaws and Jaws is very much out of necessity because the shark looked like shit. <laughs> they they did absolutely expert jobs, in my opinion, of maintaining tension. And that's what a real patient film does for me. That's why I like patient films. I don't like boring films. It's that extra bit that when you're patient the whole time, can you maintain that tension throughout? If you can't, it's boring. You, having been kind of desensitized to that, maybe feel that it's a little boring. And I totally get that. 100% I get that. And I get that out there in the audience if you feel that's the same way. But I could watch the movie again now. <laughs> right now. I don't care. It's that good. All right. Before we get into our tied for number one movies, Kelsey, let's talk about your top 10, huh? Okay. Number 10, Rare Exports. Number nine, Shaun of the Dead. Number eight, The Shining. Number seven, Terminator. This follows our actual Terminator list. Terminator was seven. Really for me? closely. It was. Oh, shit. 
Uh, you gave it the same score as number six. So these are actually tied for number six. Secret of Nim. You gave them both 94s. You gave Alien and Jaws 95. So they're tied for fourth place. It's really interesting. You have two movies tied for second place, and they're our number one movies. So I'll skip those. Okay. But number one is Poltergeist in 99. As it fucking should be. Uh-huh. That should have been a 100. I don't know what you were thinking. It wouldn't have moved it up on our list at all, but it should have been a 100. I just think it's interesting that I ranked Alien and Jaws higher than, than I did Terminator. Just one point. Right. And I get that. I mean, because you're not thinking about the multitude of every movie you've ever right. ranked. But I think it just, it's a, I think that is a testament to how good Jaws and Alien are. Yeah. Because I, if I, if you were to display those three movies and I had to pick one, I would pick Terminator. Because Terminator, for me, there's just a whole lot more of love going on. There's a whole audio there. clip that we've shared on Twitter of you talking about how much you love the Terminator franchise. <laughs> but I think that maybe Jaws and Alien are better, better movies. movies. Yeah. Uh-huh. And briefly, before we get into the top, I want to talk about some honorable mentions movies that didn't quite make it. Rare Exports kicked off The Guest from 2014, and I really wanted to talk about how great that movie was. The Guest is great, but I do think Rare Exports is better. Yes, but even just below that, at number 12, at 87 and a half points, is Evil Dead 2. Ooh. Yeah. Forgot we watched Evil Dead 2 this year. <laughs> And it didn't make the top ten. Then Ring and Reanimator. But you know what? I like Evil Dead better than Evil Dead 2. So. Yeah. <laughs> I disagree, but I totally get it. Uh, Night of the Creeps and The Omen also. Oh, Night of the Creeps. Yeah, we watched Night of the Creeps last year. Oh, I'm so bummed that May. didn't make the top ten. Yeah, that was an 84 and a half. I mean, you gave it an 84 and I gave it an 85. I know, but I love that movie. And The Omen, too. I gave my that a, love for it has grown. I gave The Omen a 90. That's surprising. You gave it a 79. What? Yes. So maybe go back to our February 25th episode and find out why. <laughs> There's other movies on here. Hush, The Burbs, Children of the Corn, Signs, The Witch, Jennifer's Body, all of which did not make our top 10, but we really, really enjoyed this year. Yeah. So... All right, let's talk about the two best movies of the year according to our ratings. First, from our October 7th episode coming in at 98 points, I gave it 100, you gave it a 96. 2001's Spirited Away. It's an awesome movie. Impeccable. It's just incredible. It's probably my favorite Miyazaki movie. Not Totoro. I do love Totoro. Where nothing really happens in Totoro. It doesn't really have a plot. <laughs> but Totoro. He's so cute. He's a big cutie. Yeah. But Spirited Away is just so good. And it deserves the Oscar. And yeah. I don't care that everyone's like, it's the most mainstream one. I don't care. It's, it's fantastic. Game. Deserve and that I don't know Oscar. if you could say really mainstream. I mean, think about the stuff that happens in that movie. It's probably his most popular one. But mainstream they're talking frogs and and magic and people turn into pigs and there's a sludge monster at a bathhouse like there's a dude that has six arms like that can extend any length he wants like come on it's not mainstream i guess it's just really good yeah 
No, but so, you're right. It is. People do talk about how like, oh, you're not a real Miyazaki fan if Spirited Away is your favorite Miyazaki movie. Like that's that's some exclusionary bullshit. <laughs> Just like all those folks that say you have to like Return of the Living Dead if you're a horror movie fan. <laughs> exclusionary bullshit. <laughs> Let's hear what else we had to say about 2001's Spirited Away. Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli film. Honey, don't take a shortcut. You always get us lost. From master filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki. What is it? Come on, let's go in. I want to see what's on the other side. Where are you going? You shouldn't be here. Get out of here now. What? Leave before it gets dark. You've got to get across the river. Go. I'll distract them. Don't be afraid. I'm Master Haku. No! I just want to help you. No! In worlds seen and unseen, where spirits are transformed, <laughs> and sorcerers rule. <laughs> Witch Baba controls you by stealing your name. If you completely forget it, you'll never find your way home. Your name belongs to me now. One girl's future depends on her judgment. <gasps> her courage. It's Haku! He's hurt! Haku! Her loyalty. Haku helped me before. Now I want to help him. And remembering one thing above all else. I want you to know my real name. It's Chihiro. Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli film. Experience a magical movie phenomenon embraced by all the world. Let's go! This fall, prepare to be spirited away. Should people watch this movie? Yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. Absolutely. If you don't already own it, spend that $16 on this movie. It is incredible. Yes, you need to watch this movie. Yes, it's worth buying. Take our advice. Do not leave it. All right, Kelsey, what do you think Spirited Away got on Rotten Tomatoes? 92. 97. Spirited Away is a dazzling, enchanting, and gorgeously drawn fairy tale that will leave viewers a little more curious and fascinated by the world around them. Metacritic average rating. Now, again, this is critics gave it a rating and then they averaged that out, which is different from Rotten Tomatoes. 96. As I said before, it's the second movie to win Best Animated Feature at the Academy Awards after Shrek, which won the year before. To date, it's the only foreign film to win Best Animated Feature. It's also the longest film to win Best Animated Feature at over two hours. Japan has their Academy Prize, which is like their Academy Award. It is one of only two films that are animated to have won the Best Picture Academy Prize. The other one is Princess Mononoke. So both Miyazaki films. At the Tokyo Anime Awards, it won Best Voice Actor, Best Screenplay, Best Music, Best Director, Best Character Design, Best Art Direction, and Animation of the Year. It was the highest grossing film in Japanese history, beating out Titanic, which held that previously. And Roger Ebert included this on his great movies list. He considers this movie, or considered this movie, an absolute masterpiece. He really, really loved this movie when he saw it. And he's like, everyone, kids, adults, Everyone should see this movie. Do you think 97 Rotten Tomatoes, 96 Metacritic is overrated or underrated? 
I think it's exactly right. I was going to give it a 96. I will also give this movie a 100. I just, it's incredible. I love Studio Ghibli films. I, I think I like the more fantastical ones over the more down-to-earth ones that they make, like on Poppy Hill or something like that, just because it's fascinating what they show you. You know, you get to see these incredible things, things that might be terrifying, but they're also, every single one of them, wondrous and fascinating. I just love going to the worlds that he creates. It's pretty incredible what he can do, and this movie is... So close to being perfect. Yes, we know this is not our normal sort of fare. And yes, we know it ended up being a very long episode as a result, because we absolutely love these movies. Uh, We love the darkness that's in them. But the reason we love the darkness that's in them is because it's fascinating. And like Don Bluth says, it helps you appreciate the light. Exactly. And finally, also tied for number one, also 98 points, you gave a 96 and I gave a 100. From our May 6th episode, this year, Kelsey, we watched 1960s Psycho. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Really good. Excellent. Classic. I can't count the number of times I've seen this movie. It's an outstanding movie. I think I talk about the fact that Vertigo is my favorite Hitchcock movie. And I've seen a lot of Hitchcock movies. I've seen all of his silent films. Like, come on, can you say that? No, I cannot. (laughs) This is superb. Even in the instances where you're like, oh, I see exactly what you did there and and the effect isn't great. Like when Arbogast falls backwards down the stairs. I don't care. It's just so inventive and awesome. There's the shot right before that that leads up to that. That's aerial. And the upstairs balcony when mother runs across with the knife held up high when he's reaching the top of the stairs. That's just incredibly tense and terrifying. That movie is legitimately scary. I think you said you didn't give it a full 100 because it drags in the beginning. It takes way too long to get where it's going. Personally, I think that's how it sets up its subversion that it gets (laughs) to later on. And it gets you in the right mood for everything. But I can see why you would think it's a long time before we get to the first kill. Like a long time. Uh, But just a great, impeccable movie. And I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. That, along with Spirited Away, were the best movies that we watched last year. According to our rankings that we made in the moment during the recording, days after we watched it. (laughs) Kind of without thinking. I think Psycho deserves the number one spot. Yes. Yeah. That's why I did it last. I'm fine with that. Yeah. uh Let's hear what else we had to say about 1960s Psycho. Good afternoon. Here we have a quiet little motel. Perfectly harmless looking. When in fact, it has now become known as the scene of the crime. This motel also has, as an adjunct, an old house, which is, if I may say so, a little more sinister looking, less innocent than the motel itself. And in this house, the most dire, horrible events took place. In that window on the second floor, the single one in front, 
That's where the woman was first seen. Let's go inside. You see, even in daylight, this place still looks a bit sinister. Now, it was at the top of these stairs that the second murder took place. She came out of the door there and met the victim at the top. Of course, in a flash, there was the knife, and in no time, I won't dwell upon it, but let, let, come upstairs. Here's the woman's room, still beautifully preserved, and the imprint of her figure on the bed where she used to lay. This was the son's room, but uh, we won't go in there because his favorite spot was the little parlor behind his office in the motel. Let's go down there. This young man, you had to feel sorry for him. After all, being dominated by an almost maniacal woman was enough to drive anyone to the extreme of, uh, uh, well, let's go in. His hobby, as you see, was taxidermy. Crow here, an owl there. Now, an important scene took place in this room. There was a private supper here. Let's go along to cabin number one. Well, they've cleaned all this up now. Big difference. You should have seen the blood. The whole, the whole place was, well, it's, it's too horrible to describe. Dreadful. The murderer, you see, crept in here. Very slowly, of course, the shower was on. There was no sound. And, uh... See it uncut, intact. No one will be admitted to see it except from the very beginning. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Rated M. Suggested for mature audiences. Parental discretion advised. Okay, well, here we go. Let's get this perfunctory bit out of the way. Should people watch Psycho? Yes. Yeah, I mean, yes. Duh. Come on. <laughs> Come on. One of the all-time great Hitchcock movies. His foray into horror. People say that. Most of his movies before this were murder mysteries. I don't understand. Murder mysteries and horror are different things. I guess. And there might be some flexibility there, like Rear Window is probably more of a thriller than a horror, but I'd still allow that. Rope is a thriller. It's not a horror. A lot of people think that this actually legitimized horror, because before this, an American cinema horror was considered to be kind of schlocky you know i mean it kind of still is but even like frankenstein and stuff oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i mean we look back on it thinking that oh it's great cinema but at the time it was just popcorn flicks that you know didn't really have any intrinsic value but we love the wolf man yep I'm, i'm not saying that movies before this horror movies before this are bad i'm saying Culturally, at the time, they did not have the cachet that they did after Psycho came out. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, we don't even need to talk about it further than this. You should see it. If you haven't seen it, see it. If you've seen it, 
see it again. I mean, I can't even count the number of times I've seen this movie. And I love it every single time. And I think you will, too. Yes. The movie is rated number one. You know when AFI did their whole 100 years thing? Mm-hmm. And they had several different categories. One of the categories was 100 Years, 100 Thrills. And this was the number one movie on that list. They also ranked it as number 14 in the greatest movies of all time list back in 2007. So, yeah, this movie's really good. It was selected in 1992 for preservation in the Library of Congress, the National Film Registry. So this is one of... The movies that we recognize are culturally significant and important and and uh, demand preservation. So I thought that that was pretty cool. So obviously, it's an important movie, let alone an important horror movie. It's really weird. There's the imprint of a body in the bed. So she knows that someone's been there, but she can't find anybody. And I love... I love the attention to detail that Hitchcock does here. Because if you've read the book, every single thing that she sees in this house is described in the the book. It's just that because she's not looking at each thing, you're not picking up on it. But if you've read the book, it's just like, holy shit, it's like I'm inside the house that he described. Every detail is there. They just don't bother to point it out. And I love that. It's like when I watch Rosemary's Baby because they have so much respect for the novel that they put in all this stuff. But if you haven't read the novel, they're not going to point it out to you. So it's literally just there because A, it works for the characterization and B, if you've read it, you're going to love it. Yeah. I love that respect that they give. The original is so much more impactful because all we see is Lila's reaction. Sam doesn't have time to process what's happening. Yeah. Lila, on the other hand, gets to realize the mother's dead. He dresses as her. He's been doing the murders. He's insane. And we get to see all of that realization on her face. Yeah. And it's so much more impactful than a fight scene. Yes. I agree. A fight scene that's completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I think this is an outstanding film. And while I won't say that the new one is an absolute piece of garbage, I don't understand why they made it. We'll get into that. I know. But what I'm just saying is it's such a good movie. I don't think it ever needs to be touched again. Yeah. I think we should just preserve it. And I think we should just keep it as something that people should see. Maybe do a re-release of it or something. Yeah. So, Kelsey. Yes. What do you think the movie got on Rotten Tomatoes? 100. 97%. There you go. That means there are some people that didn't like this movie. Probably just to be... Contrarian? Yeah. Infamous for its shower scene, but immortal for its contribution to the horror genre. Because Psycho was filmed with tact, grace, and art, Hitchcock didn't just create modern horror, he validated it. Metacritic of 97, obviously no cinema score, even for its re-releases. First of all, overrated or underrated? I mean, it's pretty much. But what would you give it? I'm going to give it a 96. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Why is that? It's not getting 100, mostly because I think that he could have done some editing. I think the driving scenes are a little too long. I think the scene where she's getting ready to go, when she's getting the car, when she's talking to the cop, I think a lot of that could have been shortened. 
I understand what he was trying to do. He wanted you to think this is the main character, this is who you're paying attention to, and then take that away and make Well, and this is the main plot, is her trying to get away with the money. But that's not it either. But that's not it, and I think it it's just a little bit of too slow of a beginning. That's why it's not getting those extra 4%. I can see why you would think that. I think that's a very valid interpretation. I personally disagree. I said before that I'm in a way I'm glad that she didn't get those extra 15 miles and make it to Fairvale because something wouldn't have happened. What what wouldn't have happened is she wouldn't have been had an opportunity to redeem herself, not necessarily in the eyes of others, but internally to herself. She was like, "No, this is not the person that I am." I'm going to go back and it's going to fucking suck, but I'm going to make this better because I'm not willing to sacrifice myself for that. That's a moment that she gets from talking to Norman. Now, she is ultimately murdered and she doesn't have the opportunity to act on that. But that doesn't stop the fact that she is redeemed in her own eyes. She has changed herself. And that happens as a result of not making it to Fairvale. But it's also the conclusion of a character arc that begins in Phoenix and travels all the way throughout. I, I love that. What I realize I love in movies. And I think a lot of the reason why I like like seventies era films so much is I love tension, not necessarily fear, but tension and all sorts of movies can do that. Comedies can, can, can make humor out of tension. There, there's drama to tension. There's obviously fear involved in tension. And the first portion of this movie is all about that tension that sort of drags you along with it. And it's something that film kind of lost for the most part in the decades following the 70s and I think is getting it back with movies like hereditary and other movies that know how to just linger and rely on the fact that the tension that they're building is going to carry the audience through that scene. I really, really appreciate that. I'm going to give this movie a 100. Not because it's perfect. I've said it before. 100 doesn't mean perfect. It's just the highest esteem that I can give to a movie. My highest recommendation, my highest consideration I don't think that movies get better than this. I think anything beyond this, it comes down to personal preference, which is why I like Vertigo more than I like Psycho. It's just a personal preference. That's nuts to me. I love Vertigo. Sorry. I don't think Vertigo is better than Psycho. Maybe it's because I'm afraid of heights. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, it's so close to 100 for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's not to say that I think you're bad-mouthing the movie or anything like that. I absolutely do not. <laughs> this uh, might be your highest rating so far this year? No. Um, I said might. I'm looking it up. Poltergeist. You gave a 99 to Poltergeist. I give Rosemary's Baby 100? Probably, but that was last year. I'm not looking at last year's scores. Very, very good, which begs the question, why bother remaking it? And that is our best of 2019 on Pod Cemetery. If you want to hear about our worst, listen to last week's episode. Next week, we will be back with an all-new episode. We'll be back from our honeymoon. And watching what, Kelsey? The Exorcist. What? Starting off the year 
big with big a bang. Movie. Yes, The Exorcist. Exorcist and Ava's possessions, both of which were recommended together by the Chickapedia. Thank you, Chickapedia. Yes, we'll be doing those the first movies we review in 2020, 2020. Until then, you can always reach us at podcemetery.com. If you follow the links in the description below, you'll get links to the actual episodes on our website, so you can listen to them there. For all the movies that are in our top 10 list. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Pod Cemetery. We include a lot of extra commentary for all these episodes there. Subscribe to us in your podcatcher of choice. Rate and review. Also, five-star written reviews are the biggest help you can give us there. Sharing us with your friends is even better. And guys, I want to reiterate just like I did in the last episode, 2019 was a really great year for us. 2020 is starting off with a bang with our marriage, which is so cool. We're married right now, by the way. I mean, not right now as we're recording this, but (laughs) as you listen to this, we are. Yes. So that's really fucking cool. It's been a really, really good year for us, and we have you guys to thank for a lot of that. So thank each and every one of you. Until next week, I've been Chris. I've been Kelsey. And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey... Any last words? God, those movies were great. To the sacred place To see a dream I can't escape Smolens and fangs that are picking up bones Spirits moaning among the tombstones Jason Marsden obviously is Max Goof from the Goofy Movie and Goof Troop, the TV show. Uh, They've been laughing since I can remember, <laughs> but they're not gonna laugh anymore. D- no more Maxie the Geek. No, no more, more Goof, goof of, of the week, week like before. So she gets in the shower and... Without checking the water temperature. No, yeah, she gets in the shower and then turns the shower head on. Always bothered me. Right onto her. Like, you that would be You don't know how freezing. hot it's gonna be, you don't know how cold it's gonna be. Uh-huh. You have no idea! I am notorious for turning showers on and then letting them run for, like, five, ten minutes. We live in California! <laughs> the drought's over! <laughs> it wasn't for many years and you did this anyway. But my point is, is... I get it to a particular temperature. I do not get in a cold shower. I also do not get in a hot shower. I understand. Neither I do get I. Into warm but showers. I don't want it sit on for five minutes. Yeah, it's just something I've I've gotten since I was a kid. So Chris wastes water. Everybody should know that. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm not proud of it. She's really snoring over there. She's sleepy. It's so cute. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Let's hear what else we had to say about 2001's Spirited Away. Look away.